0: Going dad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello. Underpants. That is hilarious. Yeah. She should mouth to Rate right and review this podcast, while my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs> Going dad business with Aaron Caliber. Yeah.
1: Boom. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is Aaron Kleiber. We have an awesome, awesome show this week with an old friend of mine named Josh Sneed. Really funny dude. Uh but first first of first of all, every time I talk by myself, I can't talk. I need like a person to sit in the room and like look at me so I speak correctly. That's what I think I need. I just need like maybe I'll just sit my baby on just on a chair and I'll just talk to her little fire cat. But then she'll probably rip the cords out of the podcast equipment and then try to strangle me with them and then Yeah. That's probably what'll happen. But yeah. Good week. <laughs> it's been a pretty crazy week. I had an amazing week uh performing at Hilarities in Cleveland, one of my favorite clubs in the country. Um <clears throat> we did Our first road show of the stand-up get-down, which is uh, myself and Jason Clark, my co-host. It's our stand-up comedy game show. If you're interested in checking it out, uh, we do it every single month at Arcade Comedy Theater in Pittsburgh. Check that out. Um, And you can check my calendar. It's on AaronKleiber.com. Just, you know, whatever. Or GrownDadBusiness.com. It's the same thing. Just helps you spell my name better. But uh, come see me live. I got a bunch of things coming up. I'm coming to Buffalo. I'm coming to... Other cities, a bunch of different, I don't even remember. It's been a long week. Um, We're also building a house, so we just started that process, and it is exhausting. You'll hear more about that next week when I'm with, uh, probably with with Jason Clark, talking about some grown dad topics, so you'll hear all about that. I probably should do a I'm building a house podcast every week. That might be helpful. I don't know. You want to hear more about that, let me know. And they're like, who are you building with? I'm building with Ryan Holmes. So I could tell you all about that. So anyway, that's what's going on. Uh, if you're into movies, you could check out uh, Sean Collier and I. We do a movie review podcast. It's actual movie reviews. Sean Collier is a real movie reviewer. Go to You Can't Handle the Truth podcast on iTunes or HandletheTruthPodcast.com. We do new movies every week, and sometimes when there's not a new movie coming out, we do retro films, and that's a lot of fun to review old films. Check that out. Um, but other than that, uh, that's what's cracking. And I think that's like a segment. It's like, now for what's cracking. That sounds like a really corny segment on a daytime talk show. Um, Which will probably be a segment. If I ever get a show, show, that's what I'll do. I'll be like, what's cracking? But no, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. First off, uh, Ignite Hospitality. If you're an entertainer of any sort, check out Ignite Hospitality Services. Because Adam at Ignite Hospitality will hook you up with really great prices on hotel rooms. And it's considered a hotel barter. You barter uh, reviews and social media posts. Yeah, basically, you give shout outs to a hotel and they'll give you a cheaper hotel room. Very cheap. It's pretty awesome. IgniteHospitalityServices.com. And also, a shout out to my producer. If you are ever in the need for any kind of photography, video production, audio production, audio engineering, they do everything. Epicast. You have to check out Epicast. It's the only reason why I have my podcasts because they're so awesome at it. They make them sound amazing. Uh, holler at your boys, Nick, Buzzy, and Dom. They're killing it always. They put on amazing live shows as well. Um, so hit them up. If you want to start your own podcast, check out Epicast. Epicast.tv, um, Epicast Network at Gmail. Hit them up. You want to start your own show? Do it. You want to record something live? Uh do do it. Do Epicast. If you want to just like, hey, we want to record I'm giving a speech at this college. Do Epicast. Have them do it. You want to have them record uh your band playing a show. Do Epicast. Uh pretty awesome. I love those guys. Um my my creative content is in their hands and I trust them. So Uh, All right, without further ado, my guest, Josh Sneed, is an amazing comic. He's one of the few comics that I know that has really made it as a headline comic who has not lived in New York or L.A. He works uh, a lot of the A-clubs, like the Funny Bones and the Improvs, and I met Josh, he was my first guest set ever at the Pittsburgh Improv, my home club, where I came up, and uh, you know, I just remember just thinking how funny it was and how awesome. And then, as my career goes on, you know, I'm trying to have a a stand up career, and I don't live in L. A. and New York. And Josh is always one of those guys I look to to see what he's up to or what would Josh do. Uh, you know, and uh, I had a really great talk with him, uh, even before and after the podcast about all sorts of career things. And he's a great guy. Um, and an even better comic. And uh, you may have seen him on Comedy Central. He has a half-hour special on Comedy Central. He's been on Premium Blend. Uh, he's on a heavy rotation on Sirius XM. He's a favorite on Bob and Tom Radio. So without further ado, my friend and I, Josh Sneed, get right into it. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is Aaron Clyber I'm sitting outside. It's beautiful. Uh, 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 next to the uh, A River in Pittsburgh. Um, a River. I'm here with my friend josh sneed i almost said josh blue <laughs> like that's real, a
0: different show like it's gonna be a much totally, different conversation yep uh you said a river you, you don't know what river this is yeah this
1: is the Monong- monongahela
0: it sounds like way more exotic than it is
1: yeah i mean but they're all native american
0: names well i live by the ohio river which I don't think
1: is a... That's a Native na- American uh, word, I think. Is Ohio? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Ohio. Think about how that comes off. It just sounds like a crazy... It's, to sig- me, it sounds
0: like a Norwegian who's surprisingly happy to see someone.
1: Oh, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think... Look, jet think, skis?
0: Yeah. Do you think... Uh, you think that
1: um, The state actually... I'm gonna read this Wikipedia like I like like it's random knowledge. You, I appreciate you know when you cl- people do that. No, I
0: appreciate you clarifying that. Well, no,
1: I think I heard. I think I think Ohio <laughs> originates from. I think a an Iroquois word. I huh. believe it's an Iroquois word, and it's either it means either um, Great River or Great Lake. I think it's something like that. Ah. Uh. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it I was partitioned. So smart. Yeah, well, it was partitioned from the Northwest <laughs> Territory. The state admitted to the union as a 17th state. I don't know if you knew that about your own state.
0: No, I didn't look it up. They love just, when people uh, do
1: that, like at a bar or after a show. They're like, you know, you said that uh, in your joke <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. That lady at the Chinese buffet was Chinese, but that you actually said a Japanese word? I'm talking about a real joke that I do and and, an actual occurrence.
0: That's hilarious. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I used to sell a t-shirt that said the square root of 69 equals eight something, and I would have math teachers come up to me after the show and tell me uh, what it... Actually, it's eight point. I'm like,
1: okay, you've already missed the joke. Yeah, Yeah, that was your famous shirt famous
0: in is like a he, stretch. You sold it for a while though. I sold it for a long time and people were love still it. buying it. I don't I mean the only reason I stopped is is because I didn't I didn't really have to sell it anymore, but it it's still uh it, people love it. People love that visual joke. They love uh you know a CD is such a hard sell after a show because yep. even if you tell them like this is completely different material than what you heard tonight, it's like something in the back of their heads like I just saw that right you know but a t-shirt even if it's one that they may never wear somehow you can convince them like this is a good deal like right. you're taking home something you'll get a lot of use out of and so i used to just sell that yeah. shirt like well i'm now i I'm, mean h- by the hundreds yeah. on the week i mean it was crazy oh
1: i'm not i i i have a dvd that i've been selling for 2 years that i'm like i don't even want to give these people those jokes anymore i'm like i don't yeah. want you to see this right it's it's so bad to me right. now. Well, I
0: have two albums, and and uh, so I I um I don't do any material from the first one. So I yeah. can, t- so I can me say... Me
1: too. I'm like, you heard nothing on this DVD. Yeah.
0: So here's 100% one hour of yeah. material you haven't heard. It makes you feel good when you say it that. It does make I you feel it, good. I love it, dude.
1: Every time I say it, I'm like, damn right.
0: And then my second one, it's like half of yeah. what they heard, and then an- there's another 30 minutes right. besides that. It's the best. So... You know, I feel like they're getting a good deal. Yeah. You know, but the weird thing is, selling CDs almost feels antiquated at this point, right? Because like, when's the last time,
1: you know? What and I mean? how funny is that when people will say like, nobody listens to CDs anymore, and then I'm selling my DVD, and they'll go, oh, this isn't a CD, and I'm yeah. like, oh, well, get out of my face. Yeah. I, are you kidding me? <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Entertainment Entrepreneurial Podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, Merch ROI. Welcome to the
0: How Do We Get By Doing Everything Except Just Being Good at Stand-Up Comedy Podcast. Oh
1: my gosh. How funny of a podcast that would be where you just talk about everything but doing comedy. <laughs> just
0: supplemental income to being a comedian.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I uh, I was excited to have you. Uh, he, uh, Josh is at the uh, Pittsburgh Improv this weekend, my home club. I'm home, Uh doing real estate meetings. Um, (laughs) Hey, man. um, Yeah. Uh, Grown dad business. Grown dad business, dude. Uh, But uh, you are definitely, I just told you before, that you're definitely one of the comics I watch and follow.
0: I I hate to interrupt you saying something nice about me, but I'm going to take away your self-deprecation right there and say, you know what? 98% of all comedians wish they were doing this afternoon going to a real estate meeting about picking out a place to build a house. That
1: made me feel good, Josh.
0: I'm serious, man. That's a good point. My friends come into town to Cincinnati. They see a house that my mortgage is probably less than the rent of their studio apartment in L.A. or New York. I know. And they think I live in a mansion.
1: I know. That's true. And you know what?
0: I, that I, that's what I remind myself when yeah. I think, hey, why didn't I get Conan O'Brien? Right. Or why am I not on all these commercials? Or why, I go, oh, why you know do what? I live in L.A.? You know what? I look at my house. I look yeah. at my kids. They each have their own bedroom yep. and plenty of room to play. I go downstairs to the basement to my man cave. Yep. I go out and I sit in my front yard or my
1: backyard. I love it. And I it. go,
0: you know what? That's the idea. Let them have it. I'm, yeah.
1: I'm cool. Well, that's where we were at. I told you, like that's it was. It, it is exciting. It's exciting that like I want to make sure that my wife and kids have the best life possible and not suffer because of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I
0: I've, I I mean. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. That's why we're building a house here. <laughs> I have I have more friends that are
1: jealous of me than I am jealous of them. That's you. This is some real grown dad business. It is, man. You were laying it down. I love it.
0: I was, I'm was. i an angel put into your life my, to provide my perspective. My favorite <laughs> is when
1: comedians come on and actually speak into my life. That's always good. I love that.
0: It's, you know, the like worst had, day of being a comedian that lives in the Midwest is better than the best day of any other job I've ever had.
1: I have to pause for tears. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. No, it's good. No, but I do. I do follow, like, I see the dad comedians. You yeah, know, especially of you live in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You're in Cincinnati, and so I'm like, "What are they doing?" You know what I mean? Like, "What are they up to?" You know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I like following other stuff. Like, your son is hilarious. He's awesome, and, dude. Thank I have a, my five year old son, Luke the Nuke. Um, Dean and know. Dean and Luke would be buddies. Oh, are you kidding me? Everything. Matter of fact, I think I think Luke has watched some Dean videos, <laughs> like lightsaber fighting. And I'm like, "Dude, check this out!" And he's like, "Who's that?" Who is that? <laughs> um, and he's he's hashtag Luke the Nuke. Does
0: Dean have a nickname? Uh, we has several in the house. There's uh, Green Bean, Dino, Dean Machine. <laughs> Dean Machine is good. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's th- he is me as a kid. You oh, know how it's like. One hundred percent. Like I used to joke before I was even married that uh, how how much I was worried about having a kid one day because right. i could see all the stuff that i thought was popular with kids at the time you know barney and dora the explorer yeah, yeah, yeah. and bob the builder and i'm just like i don't want i don't feel like i ever watched that stuff i don't i mean maybe like sesame street or the electric company but i remember watching cool cartoons as a kid and i'm like yeah. you know what i like you know what when i have a kid my only hope is that they're into cool stuff because uh, i don't want to be that dad that has can we to talk watch about that? Uh, the same show that I hate and he loves on a loop, right? My so, from the beginning, I got him into Star Wars yeah. and baseball, and he took to it, and now it's like having a miniature best friend. Yeah,
1: isn't it amazing? It's the and, best. But, isn't, but do you ever feel like those parents that do press really hard on their kids to like like something? Like, you know, like I have a friend that's like, you will love this character <laughs> from my childhood. And I'm like, your two-year-old daughter doesn't like Thundercats, dude. Right. Would you <laughs> relax? Right, like it
0: can't be a, something that's not even on or anymore. See,
1: or you see those parents that are like, you see their kids, and it's like a three-year-old wearing like a Michael Jackson Thriller shirt, and you're like, <laughs> they don't like that, dude. Yeah,
0: I. You I did that can't to make them. fun. I can't make fun because I have put him in. <laughs> I put him in Star Wars onesies before, yeah. you know. But that's that was for, more for me, and right. I will say. I mean, I don't know. I'm torn on that because I feel like when I see a kid wearing one of those, it tells me a lot about their parents. Yes. So like Dean, as soon as he could walk, it had nothing to do with the fact that we were waiting for him to walk, but it was just around that age. Right. He had a Blues Brothers
1: t-shirt. It's amazing. And he, okay, see, I'm not judging at all. I'm like, yeah, And he, amazing. like,
0: carried around a, a Jake and Elwood dolls that I had in my office. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm sorry. This guy, He has no idea what no he's idea, wearing or who those adorable. guys are. But it's, it's, I want to believe that there's something in his blood that he already knows that that's cool. Yes. I love that. No, you're right. But see, Star Wars, because I know you're a big Star Wars guy. Dude, you don't even know about our house. Um. So... I'm I'm not sure how like if it's just in your wheelhouse because of your age, but like Star Wars was ingrained in me since birth, literally yeah. because my dad worked for Kenner
1: Toys. Oh, that's so right. So he made what? Yeah. So he made all the Star dad, Wars toys. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Um, <laughs> oh, and and you know what? what is similar to our friend John Evans? Yeah, his, his dad, dad worked, worked for, for Atari. Atari. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, so. I mean, that's like my earliest memories of anything was toys, specifically dude. Star Wars, because I was born in seventy seven. Yeah. So Star Wars was taking up all of Kenner's time. Dude, six years know. old, dude. Yeah. I mean I was Return like of the Jedi. That's amazing. That's the first movie I remember seeing in a theater. Wow. And I got to see it before anybody else because they gave like screener passes to people that worked at Kenner. <laughs> and and what's really fun about that is I remember how cool I felt Telling my friends that I got to see it early, right? And oh my then God. when when episode uh, when episode one came out, uh-huh. um, I was the movie critic for this my college newspaper, right? So I got screeners, yeah. and I got to take my dad to see episode one before
1: wow. anybody else. And then he, so it was like you. I I got to <laughs> yeah. And then he
0: was like, "What
1: is this?" Thanks a lot for that. Terrible. I I camped out my senior year of high school.
0: For episode one.
1: Yeah, I must have failed English because I skipped school.
0: So what do you like? Class of like what like ninety six? Ninety nine. Ninety nine?
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess that is about right. Yeah. I was I was ninety-five. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess that's about right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Wow. So yeah. did you get good perks from Kenner? Yeah. You know, it did you was get like r- were you the first one with the Ewok Village? Um <laughs> he would you know,
0: he would bring home stuff. Um whenever they would shoot a commercial um, he had to go to Vancouver a couple times, and then he every year he was one of the ones sent to New York for the Toy Fair. Oh my God! And he would help set up their booth. Right. And uh, one of my favorite things that he would do is when he would come home from the Toy Fair, he'd bring me the catalog that wow. showed everything coming out that year. Wow. So like toys that weren't out yet, and then he'd bring me home something uh, from the Toy Fair. But but. What was more fun was he would bring home stuff as they were working on it. Wow. So he, he was a, a model maker. So basically, his job was they would give him a um, a blueprint and he would build like a working model sure. of it. And they could, they, they would, a lot of times it'd have like it'd unpainted and it would have like sharpie marks on it to say, yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. need to fix this and this and this. And then that became garbage and they would make those changes right. on the mold and redo a new one until they got it right. So you would have, like, first-gen Greedo. <laughs> yeah, so they were called first shots. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they were called. And uh, I had, like... Uh, oh, I know uh, toy I didn't, I didn't have um <laughs> I didn't have a lot of first-shot figures right, because right. those were kind of... There wasn't a lot of variance to them. Sure. But the vehicles, you know, like I had a first-shot
1: A-wing and a first-shot Y-wing. And now you are are you crying about how much that would be worth?
0: Well, what's funny is... Did I'm you, crying about the stuff that got You know how much that would be worth? I do know how much it would be worth. I'm, i mean, I'm insanity back into collecting again. People would lose their damn
1: minds. Well, funny story. Hits me. So, guys, welcome look, to the Star Wars podcast. Yeah, I could talk oh, I mean, I can we talk could about talk about this all all for all day. Yeah. So, we have kids. Okay, So, go
0: ahead. I um I remember when uh Return of the Jedi was about to come out. It wasn't out yeah. yet. And initially, uh, you may know it was going to be called Revenge of revenge the Jedi. Jedi. The yeah. Jedi, but George Lucas said revenge isn't a characteristic of a Jedi, right? right, right. Like that that sort
1: of hate. I know the variant posters and stuff that were yeah. already out. Yeah.
0: So when they when they make figures, they're Ooh. on they're the plastic bubble on I'm the get cardboard. Okay. And those cardboard backs are big yeah. sheets that get cut for each figure. Yeah. Well, they had, I don't know how many sheets of those pieces of cardboard with Revenge of the Jedi printed on it. And my dad and all his coworkers, they're the... I'm starting to get butterflies in my stomach. They And a bee in your face. Yeah. Um, they are the guys that, uh, you know, they weren't mechanics, but they could fix cars. They sure. weren't carpenters, but they could hang drywall. They weren't electricians, but they could install sure, yeah. ceiling. You know, that's just that generation. Yeah. And... Um, one of the things my dad was—he's a huge car guy—and he uh, changed his own oil. Sure. So he brought home probably ten of those sheets, so he could put them down on the garage floor when he was changing the oil to not let oil get on the floor of the garage, and then once it got—you know—once he was done, he'd throw it away. Well, those sheets ended up being worth about three to four thousand dollars a piece, uh, but he just went through them. Over the course, I remember I remember him laying down, I thought, "Oh, that's cool, but you know no one laying had the foresight that at that time to go we should maybe we should revenge hang Revenge of those the jedi sheets covered in oil, but uh oh but I God. kept a lot of my stuff um I kept it in uh my parents' basement, of course, yeah. and uh when I was uh quitting my day job to do stand up full time, I thought that was right, right about when episode one came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was actually somewhere between episode one and two. Yeah. So eBay was now a thing. Yep. And, the Star Wars collectibles had come back up because now the new toys were getting people excited to go back and collect the old toys. So, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to sell these, but I wasn't really sure how to do eBay. And some guy that my dad was, uh, a mutual friend of a, of a kenner co-worker said well there's this guy in indiana who's been really good at helping kenner employees like sell their stuff on ebay right for a nominal fee like a sure. percentage of whatever it sells for so he came over he looked at it all with me and he knew exactly what was like a normal toy that you know because i played with everything sure yeah um what was like a normal toy that was just out of a package, sure. a, you know, production, so to speak. Yeah, a and million then, were printed. Yeah, yeah. And, and then what was like maybe like a little more rare, so that he we could list them properly. And we listed a couple items and got a call from a, a guy in New York who was like, "I would like to fly to and see your whole collection." What? So he flew. Uh, him and another guy flew to Cincinnati. I had it all laid out in my parents' basement um and he looked at, you know the the guy the guy from Indiana was there too wow. to, to oversee it and uh he's like yeah he's like I, I'd like to buy all of it and he made me an offer it was like uh i think it was like $6000 for everything and and at the at the time it was pretty fair right right you know um and the guy was like yeah i think that's a good deal so we made it we made the deal and then he says uh he's like no is this is this everything you've got and I said, "Well, there's a couple. Uh, there's there's like this little white box kind of off to the side that had yeah. like some random weapons and stuff." In yeah. It. And I go that there. Uh, there's maybe a couple things in there, but they, and he opens a box and he looks at the guy that he brought from New York with him, and he was like, "Get over here." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And so I'm sure you probably remember there was a cartoon on Saturday mornings that was a droids Ewoks. Oh yeah, cartoon. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's like 15 minute droids. Yeah, yeah. C3PO and R2D2 adventures, and then a 15 minute like Ewoks thing. Right. Well, they only did one season of it, but I had two prototype figures that would have been characters in the second season. Right, right. But it never got made, so the character they never were produced. So I had two of the same ones, but they were like r- like a random ewok you've never heard of, and I never heard of right, right, it. Right. I didn't even really consider Star Wars. Right. You know, and, and in terms of like collectibles. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like these he's like, these uh these are worth a lot of money. And he's like, <laughs> uh he goes uh, And and again, I think at the time it was were pretty c- f- pretty fair. He offered me two grand for each figure. So that upped the total sale to ten thousand. Oh my god! And dude. so I made the deal. Now those two Ewok figures go for about ten thousand each.
1: Whoo!
0: Wow. Yeah. But you know, it, at the time I was quite pleased with the sure. transaction. And still, I mean, I'm not. I don't
1: feel like I got. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? It's funny. Like uh, I did the same kind of thing. I purged almost all of my stuff after I had my second child. Did you do another purge when she had kids? I just did. Not it's not a full
0: blown purge because that was really the only toy line I sold. And well, dude, I, only, I was poor. And I well, I only did it because I felt like it was not gonna ever be worth that as much as it was right then. Right, right, you right. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it might maintain its value, but I didn't think it was gonna go from there. Yeah, to no, like yeah. some crazy number. That makes so sense. So I made the. Uh, I made the deal and I was cool with it but I kept all my other toys which was
1: like starting lineup like the sports yeah, figures. Yeah, yeah. And um See, I I got rid of those. I had a lot of those. I got rid of my Star Wars stuff. Uh man, I had you know what I was I was really into James Bond.
0: Oh, really? I got. See, I wasn't allowed to have anything that wasn't Kenner. <laughs> like, like, like as a rule? I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't allowed. It was just like Kenner toys were so accessible. Right, right. That it was
1: like I didn't have GI Joes. I had Mask, which yeah, see, was like I, this. I had GI Joes. Yeah. I, I still I still have a little bit of my. That's one of the only things. Not to get sad, but grown no. dad business. I have to say something sad about my life once an episode. But um, the only toys I have from when I was a kid were uh, a little box of GI Joes that I took because we left my stepdad in the middle of the night. Okay. Because we were leaving an abusive household. Wow. So. I have those. Yeah. But I don't have, like, I remember leaving, leaving because we had we were well off. So I had all my Star Wars toys. I remember the Ewok Village. I had huge vehicles of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. G.I. Joes, He-Man. Like, I had all of them. I left them all.
0: My favorite, it's weird, because they're still not even worth a ton. I mean, they're worth more than they were when you bought them, but they're still not worth a ton of money. But they had this line of uh, die-cast figures that were, mm-hmm. like, half an inch tall. Uh, Star Wars characters yeah. and then there was like a miniature like there's a miniature X-Wing oh, like, like those, and those micro little, machines very similar yeah but the 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 village or the vehicle was like plastic and then yeah. the little figures were like hard painted metal oh okay like, like you know they're die cast yeah yeah metal toys and I, I loved those as a kid. Yeah. Because it was like. Well, I love the Micro Machine ones. This, yeah, they're cool. I they're love very those. cool. Um, but this was like the earliest version. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember one that was like. Uh, it was from Empire Strikes Back. They had like a Hoth and it came with like a little uh, Hoth monster. Yeah. And uh, a Luke guy that hung upside down by yeah, his yeah. feet and, you know, a Tauntaun. And yeah. I just remember like these little scenes yeah, yeah. that I could make. Um and so recently I just purchased on eBay or at a yard sale in Cincinnati, I found like a bunch of like mint condition die cast figures that I bought solely with the intention of being able to display it in my office. Sure. Um not like this is a good investment. Like I yeah, want yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get stuff I like open them and yeah, <laughs> I yeah, put absolutely. Them, I set them out. Uh but you know, I still have I still have my starting lineups, and I have like uh, some toys that my dad had worked on that he um, he kept like a full collection of. Like That's he cool. bought like he got like one of everything in the box, and then just put it in a box. Not right. just because he thought it was cool that he worked on it. So I like right. some RoboCop stuff. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, some brands you've never heard of because right. they were they weren't that popular. But right. I've recently started to kind of unload some of that stuff because yeah. it's I've taken out what I want that or the stuff that means a lot to me personally, right, right, right. and then now it's just like you know there's people out there that are clamoring to get their hands on that right. stuff, and it's like it's just sitting in my storage. yeah I
1: just but see I was I I went full time as an entertainer right around when my second child was born yeah when Luke the Nuke was born and. It was like, okay, well, um, we own a house. We had a second kid. <laughs> I have all this stuff yeah. that I could possibly make money doing, you know, selling. Yeah. And I did, man. I mean, I have almost nothing left of James Bond. I mean, all of my Star Wars stuff is gone. You know what I was really into? I did an independent film. You should watch this if you haven't already, and you're like, wait, that's yours? I did a movie called A Great Disturbance, and it was in film festivals all over the country. I have not. Um, yeah. I'm so, I'm, I'm ashamed. And, it's, a, it's a Star Wars mockumentary about Star Wars fans. We filmed it at Celebration 3 in Indianapolis.
0: I'm so, I'm so mad you were
1: there. Yeah. Because I didn't we even were know only,
0: Celebration was a thing. We until were the was, only
1: film crew allowed in there. We were licensed by uh, Mary Franklin, licensing director for Lucasfilm. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Dude. We won awards. We, we sold DVDs. We sold over 10,000 DVDs all year. Anyway, one of the funniest things I've ever done still. And it was, like, it was our Borat before Borat. We, we walked around the convention for four days and played characters. Like, a documentary was following the biggest Star Wars fans. But we are playing, like, archetype characters of fans. So like, Where I Where can I c- see this? Um, it's free on YouTube. A Great Disturbance. YouTube. On my uh, Aaron Kleiber. Um, but, yeah, we were really into the, the British office. And we love Christopher Guest. And uh, so that's what uh, it is. Christopher Guest. It's kind of our Christopher Guest movie, but anyway, because of that, we toured conventions and film festivals and like like sci-fi conventions for a year and a half, doing like you know sold-out screeners of our movie, and so we got to go and like game a lot. So I got really into Star Wars minis. You know what I'm talking about? The like you would play on a grid board, kind of like Hero Quest, but Star Wars. Okay. And it was like you know it was RPG. Yeah, and, um, But it was cooler because you had Boba Fett and not like some random yeah. wizard.
0: <laughs> the Demogorgon. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh, don't, don't even say that. We don't can't start talk about don't Stranger, Stranger start. Things.
1: Or... Oh, I, that's a whole episode. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Stranger Things 80s podcast. Um, but no, I got so into that that every time for a year and a half, every almost every week I was at a convention or a film festival where I was buying Star Wars minis. So my wife, f- finally, when I'm purging things, she goes, um... So your Star Wars minis, and I mean, dude, I had you know those little cases you get for like, um, like beads at like a <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had those like all separated: light side, dark side, fringe characters, all bounty hunters. Oh like my in God. one, dude, I had a stack <laughs> of them. I had a stack of cases, and I had a huge backpack that carried them all. And so, because I would take them on the trips to like conventions and stuff. Yeah, we would do our movie screeners. And so I didn't play it for years, and I didn't get into the where they started getting into vehicles, which would have cost me way more money. But I realized, like, I put about three grand into these Star Wars mini characters. That's so funny. I know over the years, and so, so, and we were like uh, wizards of uh, wizards of the West Coast. I think they're the company that like would make them. They would always hook us up because we were like celebrities to them. And so they would give us, like, free, fig- like, here's, a, here's just, like, promos. Oh, and, like, dude. give us, like, a whole handful of Stormtroopers. And so, like, we'd be playing, and I'm like, I got an army of fucking 100 Stormtroopers. How do you look like that? <laughs> like, it's awesome. It was so fun, dude. So I was like, yeah, I haven't played this in a couple years. And I thought, I'm going to teach my son how to play this. Like, he's, he's a year old. And I'm like, I got to keep these for Luke. And I do wish I did. I honestly did. But I made a lot of money on Star Wars minis. Really? Because I had rares that because you would go at a, to a convention, and they were um, they were they were called their what are they called? Um, the boxes where you don't know what's in it. Oh yeah, like a mystery pack. Yeah, right, they right. would all be mystery packs. So you'd open it up. and It's very rare Boba Fett. You'd get a Mora Jade. You know, it's like yeah. You'd be like, oh my gosh. And <sighs> then eight years later, that Mora Jade is worth a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Or I would sell lots of stormtroopers. Like here's a dozen stormtroopers, and people would bid them up to like eighty bucks. I'm like, this is crazy. Like figures that I got for free. Right. And then it was like, oh, how did you get that heavy stormtrooper? Oh, well, Wizards of the West Coast gave it to me. Well, it's a rare character because they gave out a thousand. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like random stuff like that.
0: How many celebrations have you been to?
1: Uh, was just just one. Just the That's third. Just the film one. Yeah. I was
0: so upset to like once I learned that it was a thing that. Um, that it was in Indianapolis, and I didn't know yeah. about it, because my my brother-in-law, uh, who also named his son Luke, he's a giant Star Wars fan. Um, <laughs> yeah
1: people are like, "Do you name it? I have a whole joke about that.
0: Did you name it from Star Wars? Um,
1: I like, you can uh, be honest. No yeah, part of the joke is me like not admitting it, but like you know part of it is we like the biblical names. And, yeah. you know, Luke was a doctor yeah. and a disciple Joshua. of Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I know all about that.
1: And it, But maybe it is. Maybe it is. Subconsciously? He could have been a Middle Eastern doctor, but, or maybe <laughs> he threw his dad...
0: What's his middle name? Bosk. Okay. You know what? I think that... Uh, I think I... know <laughs> yeah. What's going on here?
1: Luke IG-88 <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: So, my brother-in-law found out about Celebration 5, I think, in Orlando... And uh, decided he was going to take Luke down there for the whole weekend, and it just happened that we were going down uh, on vacation on Sunday, the last day of that celebration. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, man, I'd love to, I'd love to go to this. Dean was like a month or two old. Right. And uh, and and my wife's like, why don't you? Well, you know, we'll go straight from the airport. We'll drop you off, and my mom—it was her mom—and uh, uh, and her and Dean were gonna go drive around, get some food, and you know, I was just gonna check it out for a couple sure. hours and meet up with my brother-in-law and my nephew. And I was like, oh my god, I could spend a whole thing here. Mm-hmm. Like I could spend a whole weekend here. And so I was like, well, let's—I want to make plans to go to the next one. Well, the next one was in Germany. It was the first one that they did in Europe, and that yeah. was in. 2014, and then they announced 2015 was going to be in Anaheim. Right. I almost went to that. So my brother-in-law and Luke were going out for that, and uh, and it fell on the weekend of my anniversary, and I was like, (laughs) I can't go. And then she told me at my birthday in March that her anniversary present to me was that I was going to go out there with them. So Ooh, I shoot. was like... She
1: got a hell of a back rub that night. Oh, man.
0: So <laughs> so then I find out that my brother-in-law and his son have purchased on eBay Jedi, uh, Jedi Master VIP tickets to this thing. And I'm like, I am not going to go out there and watch you two go to yeah. the front of every line and get all this extra cool stuff while I'm, right, you right. know. And so I went out on
1: eBay. And they do get extra swag. You get... Dope! Sw- Trust insane me, I've gotten it. swag. I've been in the VIP list, and you get dope swag. Dude. Yeah.
0: So, I found a Jedi Knight, which is one is a VIP, but it's one level below them. Right. Yeah. It's almost all the same perks, except a couple like T-shirts that you don't get, and you know they had a they had a couple extra cool things, but for the most part, we could get in at the same places and sit in the same sections. And right. Excuse me. So um, so we go out the night before it starts. Mm-hmm. Check into our hotel, and one of the perks is that we get to go pick up our credentials and check out the store for celebration. Oh, yeah. The night before celebration. Yeah. So there's like, there's probably 20,000 people sleeping in the basement of the Anaheim Convention Center waiting in line till the next morning. Some of them have been there for three days. Yep. So we're like the last in line to get our credentials. We're like, let's go check out the store before we walk back to the hotel. We'd flown from Cincinnati all day out to the West Coast. So we're walking in the store. I see this little commotion of like four or five people, hurrying through the lobby right. that's completely empty. Right. And I tell Matt, who's ahead of me, I go, Matt, hold on a second. And he's like, What? I'm going in. I'm like, Just wait a second. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, here comes J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. And I just go, and he's, and there's no one, there's no one else there. And yeah. I go, I go, I'm so sorry. Is there any way I can get a picture with you? And he's like, Yeah. And so I lean and I take a selfie. Yeah. And Matt's standing there, and I go. Matt, have him have him get a picture real quick. So JJ takes a knee. He gets down next to Luke, and Matt goes, "Luke, look up here." And JJ goes, "His name's Luke. That's awesome." <laughs> Take, like, it hasn't even started yet, and our whole trip yeah, has your been worth blown. it, right? We go to we go to uh, uh, Walgreens. Like, as soon as we're done, like we yeah. thank him. We go to Walgreens, print out the picture because we're like know With the VIP, we never know when we might run into him again. Right. Let's have this picture blown up that he could sign for Luke. Yeah. So the next morning is when it all kicks off, and they're going to show the episode uh, episode 7 trailer yeah, the for trailer, the first yeah. time. Yeah. So with the VIPs, we get to sit up at the front yeah. of the line. Wow. So we're sitting there. J.J. Abrams comes out and does the panel with all the cast and everything. Then they go, you guys want to see a trailer? Yeah. <sighs> Everybody yeah. loses their minds. He walks off to the side of the stage. Somehow, him and Luke lock eyes. Yeah, and he go and we're watching the trailer. And he tells Luke, he goes, "Come here." All we see is Luke start to walk to the stage where JJ J. Abrams. And we're like, "Luke, no, 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 get back here!" You know, he's like eight yeah. years old, and we're like, he doesn't know any better. Yeah. He thinks they're best friends now. <laughs> yeah, but just randomly, I don't. JJ J. Abrams didn't know that that was the same kid from the night right, before, right. but just saw that there was a kid there. Right. Abrams takes off his hat, puts it on Luke. It's a Star Wars hat? It's a it's a uh, Star Wars hat that has the bad um bad robot yeah. thing and it was a fitted hat. We looked online everywhere. You can't buy him. And he has it. And he so he wore it the whole rest of the trip. Every I cannot picture. I can handle it, this. <laughs> every picture he's in, he's wearing this hat given to him by JJ J. Abrams. This kid <laughs> has this kid has no idea how amazing
1: I can't handle this. Right. So
0: we have like the best experience there. Yeah we end up uh, my my brother-in-law super smart guy he he finds out that JJ J. Abrams is at their bad robot offices doing post on like something else right so he sends the picture out with a real nice letter says hey, you know you, you uh gave my son this hat and uh, here's the picture you took JJ Abrams signed it to Luke to Luke may the force be with you mailed it back i mean it's like the best story ever right it's amazing so then this year the celebration was in London yep. we're like then they announced it's going to be in Orlando 2017. Yeah. We're on... We're, the day the tickets go on sale, we're online refreshing VIP tickets for Orlando next year. Wow. No that's, one cares about the story but you. And everyone just sat through it. No, no, no. But, I mean, I no, just... No, no, I love no. No, I got a lot of dirty dad I, friends. I, I get to take my son next year. Yeah. My wife is going. She wants yeah. to go. She's, she's a Star Wars fan now. Yeah,
1: we would... You know, um, I'm not in that... In that tax bracket yet? (laughs) Um, I'm also building a house, so. um, But it'll it'll happen. We want to just go to the Disney like,
0: the Star Wars land that they're building. Have you been there? Uh, Well, they have. um, They have like a couple rides, but they're building. I know
1: the the thing. Yeah, like they're building the Harry
0: Potter of. Yeah, they're building Endor. Yeah,
1: they're building Endor and Hoth. Apparently, like they're building. They're building Jabba's palace, dude. I, dude, they're built like hey, other grown-up man. Yeah, they're building Jabba's palace.
0: They had a Jabba's. Uh, they had a uh, like, bro.
1: You could take a slide down to the Rancor Pit. Love it. Come on, dude. How do you not love that? I'm gonna be a grown man. Like, whee, can I tell you? Down right, just to, the to tie Rancor this pit. back into comedy. Yeah. Can
0: I tell you one of my all-time favorite yeah. comedy stories? Happened at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, in uh, Anaheim. Yeah. So I'm walking around and. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you have to appreciate the fact that you know how crazy those fans can get. Sure. And this is the mecca yeah. for them. And there are 50,000 people walking around, a generous portion of them dressed yeah. in character, mm-hmm. um, like elaborate costumes. So I'm just walking around looking at stuff. And someone taps me on my shoulder and says, I'm sorry are you Josh Snead?
1: <laughs>
0: and I go... I love it. Yeah? And he goes, you farted on Jessica Simpson. I was like, yeah, I did. He goes, dude, I listen to you on Pandora all the time. He's like, every time your bits come on, I glance at the screen and I see your the album cover, which just is my face, like yeah, close yep. up of my face. He's like, I knew it was you right away. And I go, I, I wanted to hug this man. Yeah. I wanted literally wanted to... I go, the, we're in a place we're surrounded by yeah. Wookiees and X-Wing pilots and yeah, Darth yeah. Vader's and someone picked me it's out great. as Josh Snead, the comedian. This is the greatest, this is the greatest experience of my entire life aside from my kids being
1: born, <laughs> but it's closer than you think. That's right. That's a John, John Evans, Evans
0: reference. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we talked about kids a lot. We talked about comedy a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, we didn't. No. Um, Yeah, I... We might have to do a follow-up episode. No, this is perfect because I love episodes like this where we end up talking about something. And really, you know, Grown Dad Business is really just broing out about Star Wars sometimes.
0: It is because when I think of Grown Dad Business, I think of 90% of my days are consumed by housework, taking care of the kids, giving the wife a break once in a while. Sure. Um... You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like what I seek out as a dad is the opportunity to talk to other dads either about the same things we all go through uh-huh. and need to vent about and yep. need to learn that other people experience these same things so it's not unique to us and it's gonna be okay. Right. And stuff that we love yeah. that we don't get to talk to anybody else yeah. about at length.
1: So we have a couple podcasts we gotta put in the in the on the roll on the schedule is one we got to actually talk about being dads and then we have to do a stranger things podcast okay and then we're going to do an entertain uh, entertainment entrepreneurial podcast absolutely so we got four episodes but see all that of that coming.
0: revolves around being a dad because absolutely it's things that you're passionate about that you pass on to your kids yeah. and that's why Like, I'm having this conversation with you right now because of how my dad being that passionate about it when I was my son's age right now. Sure. So, like, the things that resonate with you, like, as a person and as a dad set the table for Absolutely. how your what your kids are going to be into yeah. for the rest of their lives, you know? Oh, so yeah. we're having this conversation because of what our childhood was like. Yeah. So I'm trying to provide a similar environment for my kids so that one day he can speak just as finally about Star Wars and talk about how his dad took him to celebration when he was 5 years old. That's amazing. And that's what it's all about. It's 100% what it's all about. You're I doing like, good. Don't sell yourself short, man. You're living a dream. It is. Yeah. Let me put one more thing in perspective for you before yeah. we go about comedy yeah. and about being a dad living in the Midwest. This is one thing I remind myself all mm-hmm. the time is it's very easy in the business that we're in to be surrounded by people who have achieved the highest level in our industry, yeah. right? They have their own TV show, they're in movies, they're playing theaters. Mm-hmm. People are coming out in droves because they know that that person is there. And it's very easy to go I don't have that and, right. I, and I want that. And it's good to want that and it's good to work, mm-hmm. work to get that. But look at it the other way. Like look at it as though you're on a ladder instead of looking up who else in top above you. Look at how many people are below you, right? right? How many people just go to a comedy club and come up to you after a show and say, I could never do that. I could never in a million years do that. Right. And then of, of the rest of the people who say my buddies have told me I should try stand-up and will never even step foot near an open right. mic stage. And then go to the group of people who have uh, said, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. And they do one open mic and they're terrified or they bomb and they never do it again. And then go from that to how many of those people uh, do it on a regular basis or have done it enough that they could even think about calling themselves a comedian. Right. And then from them, how many people got to emcee an open mic night or do a bar show? Or how many people got to MC at a comedy club for Mm -hmm. one night, let alone a full weekend, and get out of their own town to go do work on the road? And how many of those people got to go middle somewhere? And how many of those people got to middle in an A-room? And how many of those people got to headline a terrible gig or work with a big-name comedian? And how many of those people got to uh, headline an A-room? Like, you've done all those things think mm. of how many people you've gotten further in and you're still doing it and you have a comfortable life it's and true. you have a and you're you're being a dad to your kids yeah how many people can say that they've done that
1: boom that's grown dad business it's grown dad business